Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Insight Podcast, episode four? I think we're on episode four now. So today, we have a very special guest who's been really growing the last six months in the COD community. But before, as per usual, before we get into talking with him, I'd just like to thank everyone who makes this show possible. So huge thank you to everybody at 410 Gaming and AS1 Network with special assistance from Casual and Yaya. Shout out to Casual the Goat, by the way. You'll be hearing from him very soon as well. Um, the show wouldn't be possible without you guys, so I really appreciate everything you do. So without further ado, uh, we have none other than Goofy himself on the show today. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. Try not to rip you away from your tournament for too long here, but I know I want to personally talk with you, and there's a lot of people who want to hear from you at the moment. So, Absolutely. So um, there's probably a couple people who don't know who you are. I just have my guests introduce themselves before we start getting into conversation, so feel free to do that. All right, so my name's Isaiah Breeze. Go by Goofy. Uh, I've only been in the COD scene for less than a year, about nine months now. Um, and I first found it out, I was playing... MW, just casual uh, pubs, and I ran into these guys who were like in a clan or whatever, comp players, and they told me to join a Discord, ran into the Discord, and I figured out like there's this whole community going on, and I joined like a smaller league, then I made a Twitter, and I found like all the stuff that was going on, uh, and I just decided I wanted to be a part of it, so I did like a tryout for an org, and I made the team, and like that's what got me to where I am. I'm just uh, been growing ever since. You're just a pub kid. That's crazy. Yeah. Same. Same. Kid. Same. Actually, that's kind of funny. It's yeah, the same thing. Cool. So you never did any like GVs, anything like mm-hmm. that. You just I hot- heard of GVs like in Black Ops Four. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my friend brought it up like one time, but I didn't really know really what it was or how to do it. That's and then once MW came around, uh, I kind of figured it out. Once I made that team tryout, yeah, they're like, all right, let's practice. Let's turn some GVs. That's pretty sweet though. Less than less than a year, and you've already seen so much growth, and you've already done so much. How does that feel? That you've made so much progress in less than a year. Uh, It's actually pretty crazy because I don't know. Like I haven't done anything like this in any other games or like uh, like IRL. I haven't hosted any tourneys. Haven't done like anything like super crazy. Like I just played sports and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when I came here, it was like really weird seeing like how many clicks there were and like all yeah. these big people. So yeah. when I first joined, the the first person I DM'd was Cinder, uh, the coach for Optic. Yep. I was like, hey Cinder, like how do you get? I don't know why I picked Cinder. Yeah, like a good person to pick. Come on, but sure, uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, hey Cinder, like I'm just uh, starting out in the COD community. Like, how do you get your name out there and like grow and like really, uh, like show that you're like best of the best or whatever Mm -hmm. and he actually answered surprisingly uh i probably had like 20 followers and he still answered and he just told me like grind out gbs play tournaments just win the tournaments get on twitter get your name out there yep and that kind of stuff um so that's like how it first really started and then just the growth like after that kind of just took off towards the end uh of mw yeah bro i remember I was on my timeline because I remember the first time I see someone's name on my timeline, right? I'm very good with oh, yeah. remembering names. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I remember names from years ago in my Discord that'll pop up my timeline randomly or they're DM me, right? I remember all names. It was like late August, bro. And I remember this 
goofy dude hosting a tournament in MW. Like, you know, all the all respect. I was like, who the hell is this? Is it out of nowhere? I was like, who is this guy? And then I was like, okay. And then kept seeing you, kept seeing you. And then obviously we connected over the whole Fear Steel situation, oh, which yeah. which was interesting to say <laughs> the least. You know, and then after that, after that, you really 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 got a lot of traction because i know you were getting a lot of twitter followers at that moment and then soon afterwards you were really hitting your stride in twitch and you started hosting your tournaments so it's been really great to see your progress so far um are there like certain strategies or goals you have for your social media and your growth at the moment so I'd say like strategy wise, I get DMs a lot, like asking me like, Hey, how did you start off? How'd you grow your Twitter? Like all that stuff. And I tell us like the same way for every person, whether they're like in a different game, Warzone, just starting off, been here for a while, just not growing, is you have to tweet yep. a lot. Mm-hmm. And you have to make connections. It's so, like yep. the keys for me when I first got into it was I joined DGen. Degeneration LLC. That was my first org. And that's where most of my followers came from at first. And then, like, I'd post a clip or something, they'd all retweet it. And um, just a lot more people would start seeing it. The more uh, I'd post these clips, scoreboards, stuff like that. Uh, So I get my teammates to start doing that. And then uh, I ended up leaving for a little bit. I joined Indiana Syndicate. Mm -hmm. And then, same way there. Like, you make connections with new people there. They retweet your stuff. Now you have, like, double the amount you started with then more people are seeing it more people follow you then you're making all these connections uh but you can't just like post the clips join these orgs and expect people to like your videos or your posts all the time mm-hmm. so like you have to kind of share the love so i would just like retweet people's videos reach out to them see how they're doing uh likes retweets quote tweets comments like all the time like people are like dude i see you tweet ten thousand times a day like, yeah <laughs> It's true like that's all I'm doing. yeah and it's like huge to do that whenever... yeah you like you have to grind the game in social media like an equal amount social media is huge dog it's it really so is. big to make connections that's what i tell people too you know it's because i know a decent amount of people in the community because i've been i've been around for a long time you know so i made a lot of connections here and people ask me they're like oh how do you do this how do you do this i was like honestly i was just kind of around I made mm-hmm. myself available. I was around. I talked to people. And you never know. This is why I hate when people look, give people egos, right? I hate I hate that whole aspect of the COD community. You know, they don't have as many followers. They're not as good at the game as me. Whatever, right? But you never know where that person's going to go, right? And you don't know what they're like as a person. So I hate the whole ego thing. Like, they can, they'll message you at 20 followers. I think this is a good example. I don't think, you know, Sender didn't have to respond to you. But he did, right? Because he's a genuinely good guy from what I know in the community, right? Mm. But half these AMCOD kids would have seen a 20-follower person. They'd have been like, I'm not going to respond to this. Who is this dude? Mm. And now I bet you, you know, if you would have messaged them and they ego you, they're like, oh, man. You know, I could have made that connection. Now look at him, right? Yeah, dude. I I see that happening, like, a lot. And then... Going back to, like, the genuine thing, how you were talking about Cinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't just make, like, fake relationships with people. Mm-hmm. 
like how he's like actually like give he gave me like a long paragraph like trying to teach me how to do it and exactly. I was like, this, is, this is dope and one person that I've kind of talked to about that stuff is spark yep. spark slaves and uh he's like i answer pretty much every single dm mm-hmm. and i always give him like a straight answer and he, he just gives the same answers i do like we were both like kind of like at the same spot for a minute mm-hmm. um I started hosting my tourneys when, and he was more of a count player then. And then, yeah. like shortly after that, he started doing his podcast. Yeah, which and is he, he was great. throwing the same way as I was. Yeah, <clears throat> shout out to Spark, by the way. Like amazing stuff over there. Everyone here at Insight, we all really like what you do, and we hope to see you continuing further. And hopefully, hopefully, if you have enough time, get you on the show sometime to talk with you. So yeah, it would be. Um, so let's go towards competitive, right? You started as a competitive player. What were your like first thoughts when Cold War initially dropped? And then I want to transition into the whole debacle that is the comp scene now, right? So what were your thoughts initially when you first started? Let's start at MW, right? Take us into the mind of a first starting competitive player at the end of the cycle, moving into a new game. All right, so when I first got in, I had no idea what pro points were. Didn't know what that was. All I played was GB match finders, and we'd maybe find like some crappy scram or something, and then like enter a league match, get destroyed 3 0 every time. And I was like, man, how are these people like so good? And like now I look back on it, I'm like, wow, those teams weren't very good. <laughs> but like when you first start off, you have no idea what's going on. I didn't know who anybody was, didn't know the talent levels. I thought I was playing like these huge leagues or something like that. And it just, to me, it was, but when I look at it now, like, not really. Yeah. So, like, I was just completely lost with everything that was going on around me. And then as I started to grow and I'd be around for, like, a month or two, I was like, okay, now I kind of see how stuff, like, kind of works. Yep. Get, um, getting your feet wet a little bit, kind of grasping yeah, the concept. that's a good way to put it, yeah. Get my feet wet. And then, so, after I left DGen, I kind of just did my own thing for a little bit, started networking, uh talking to other orgs, running with other people, running aids, playing CDL, and I got, like, a lot better just, mm-hmm. just by grinding the game out, like, a lot more. Yep. And that's really, like, the best way to just kind of grow in this scene is, like, put your head down for a little bit, do your work, get better, and then you start playing really good and people, like, notice you. Like, yeah. That's one really, really good way to get noticed. Yeah, people... Just come, come out and just start killing. Yeah, people recognize names, man. That's huge. You know, it might yeah. not seem like it, but... They'll remember you in that eights match when you three-pieced them, right? Exactly. And, they'll, they'll, and then they'll see you on the timeline, and they'll be like, oh, man, that dude's kind of dope. Let me drop him a follow, right? Yeah. And like, They're like, I couldn't kill this guy the other night. Then they see you on the timeline because <laughs> yep. you're active on it, like I said, grinding earlier yep. on social media, and they're like, wow, we shoot this guy a follow. Maybe he'll want to join our team, join our team scrim, play in this league match with us, something like that. Anything. That's just how connections yeah. get started. Exactly. So what so, was... I was Cold War for you when it first dropped. So when it first dropped, I got a new job, okay. and I hated it, <laughs> and it was horrible. But I wanted to get a PC. Yeah. But I wasn't staying at my house, because uh, the job was like 45, 50 minutes away, okay. and we had to get up pretty early, so I was just crashing at my friend's house, and we would just carpool to work. So I wasn't staying at my own house, except for the weekends, and... His internet was like really horrible because he lives out in the country. I'm in Indiana, so like it was really bad. Yeah, I grew up in the country, so I feel that. So like 
everyone was grinding these beginning of the year journeys on their PCs, their brand new PCs, and I'm playing PS4 journeys on a hotspot. <laughs> I'm just so far behind. I'm like, this is horrible. I'm off to a horrible start. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yep. So I quit the job, and I was like, let's just start playing again, which I hated the job, and I kind of I didn't really need it, need it, but kind of wanted to get a PC, but I quit mm-hmm. before I had enough to do that. But I quit the job, started grinding a little bit more, and for all the console people that are going to watch this, I know your struggles, okay? <laughs> it's horrible. It's PS4, bad. Xbox One, it's just, unless you have a, a PlayStation, like, you honestly don't know how bad it is. It, PS5, you can get away with it. PC is just, just the graphics alone are enough to make someone, like, a, a ten times better It's a different player. game, right? The frame rates. It's have you ever seen, different game. have you ever seen the comparisons between, like, 60 FPS and, like, 144 when someone's peeking a corner on you? Like, mm. the 60 FPS dude's, like, still half exposed, and yeah, the 144 frames is just not there anymore. I tweeted out one time, and I was like, shoulder peeking on a PS4 is not a thing. Non-existent. And so many people were, like, retweeting it. It's and, like, so true. Because like I, started, I started on a PS4 this season, too. Yeah, so I feel it's terrible. That it's awful. Like, like you know you're know. better than those dudes on the PC, right? Because you would absolutely smoke them. Because I remember exactly. MW last year, I had a pretty solid team. And we were playing scrims. We were winning a lot of maps, right? We were doing really well. And then I play some of the same kids going into this season. Oh, but they're on PC. And the funniest thing with it at the beginning of the year was I had seen these kids in the community for probably two years, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they have a brand new GB account. Like, this is weird, right? And they're pre-firing me through walls. I was like, this is really weird. Yeah, right? no kidding. Right? So let's let's transition from that statement into <laughs> Call of Duty competitive scene right now. What a so, what a disaster! Yeah, it's just so messy because, like, okay, so you like you just said, like these kids couldn't shoot back on MW, or they're just decent players, and now they just turned into freaking Pope on the sixth on PC. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can get a two thousand dollar computer and you can You're definitely better. You can like you're gonna be in an advantage, but like you're not smoking people like, not like that. You, that. That doesn't change everything. Like no. there's just no way. Mm-hmm. So or or maybe they put in like a ton of hours on the off season like I did. Yep. Like that's why I really grew the most. Like I won a couple of tourneys and then I hosted my tourneys. My social media following went way up. So maybe maybe these guys did the same thing. But we don't know. We just don't know. It's 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 the whole thing of just not knowing, which is destroying the community right now. It's so awful. That's you know how exactly many what it is. how many people are bad down bad on the timeline? How many people do you know that have taken the year off or are done completely? You know, it's so terrible because it's the S and D scene is hard because you go on GB or CMG every day on the timeline. So much cheating. Oh yeah, every single day, and. The silence from Activision on this has been deafening. There's absolutely nothing from them whatsoever. And then you throw on top of that, right? The whole GA system that's going on right now, which I think I've always thought GAs are the stupidest thing. The COD community is clowned by all these other esports because you let the players just, you know, they whine about, oh man, the 74 barrel attachments. Oh man, the XM4. Like, at what point does it 
what point is the game playable outside of two guns like it was last year? Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just two guns right now. They don't have an anti-cheat. They GA everything in the game. Activision doesn't fix the things in the game that are broken. Like the scoreboard thing, that's been broken for like two weeks maybe. Like yeah. just looking at other people on the scoreboards don't fix that. That's just yeah. so small. It's so it's kind of frustrating, but like I know it's not easy, especially with COVID going on. Mm-hmm. So like I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's just so many things that there's... like has made this competitive season so annoying and we're only a couple months into it. Exactly, this. dude. It's so hard to see all these people on the timeline that I know are good players and they just they lose and then they think someone's cheating. And then the thing is with this whole cheating situation, someone might not be, right? But they get mm-hmm. their name tarnished by a bigger name because they thought they were cheating, right? I've seen that plenty of times. Plenty of times. The 410 situation. The biggest, first biggest one. That, kicked, really that kicked it off, dude. Because I remember I was in voice calls with the boys because, you know, Sharon helps with the podcast. You know, 410 is in the podcast. So um, I was pretty close with the guys in the organization. And, you know, when the whole Fear Seal shit went down, everyone knows, like, I'm good at getting my information. I'm good at talking with people. So Sharon's like, can you hop in? and talk with the guys for a while and see what's going on. So I was in the call with them, and they explained it to me, and I think Careless and Dishy showed me the clips. I was just like, what is going on? How can this be considered cheating, right? And that was on, I think they got accused of cheating, was it by, it was by Mohawk on, in a tournament. I mm-hmm. And then the Toronto, the Toronto, Toronto the Toronto 5K. 5K. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so he they get, yeah he got accused they accused him of cheating, and then he wiped every tweet he said about them cheating and everything like that. You know, yeah, he went to theater and then he was like, I can't really find anything. <laughs> exactly, bro. But what happened with that is four ten went into a tournament the next day, right? They regained whatever the boys got ready to go. <laughs> yep, they got DQ'd based on the decision yesterday. I was just like, do you remember that? I thought that was the most insane thing I've ever heard. They didn't have evidence, right? They didn't have any side evidence. So like, well, this guy was sus yesterday and he's playing really well. Um, and, dude, the thing was, like, I think I told the guys before they got DQ'd from this tournament, because I was on a voice call with them, I said, put your monitor cams up before this tournament, pull up your task managers before you start the maps, do everything you can to prove that you're not cheating, right? And then I get a I get a DM from I think it was Jay Zerk. He's like, dude, we got DQ'd again. <laughs> I thought there's no chance, right? I had you pulling up your managers, you know, monitor cams. I think I had Risky going off of his phone to stream his computers, right? Like the whole night, right? And he's like, Yeah, we got DQ'd again. I thought no chance, right? That's a that's a, it's just a complete prank. No, they got that entire thing was just such a joke. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was so, so bad. It was so bad. That was the beginning of it, too. Yeah, and then from there, we saw more and more. Like, that was just this, that was the tip of the iceberg. You know, that was, the, that was a huge situation involving Ultra. But after that, it was open season. Mm-hmm. Completely. Players saw you can accuse somebody of cheating. And maybe you'll get the free win, right? And it was completely open season. And ever since, I think that was one of the main starts of the hack edition. There was some before then, 
but it wasn't really this whole every day, 24-7, you're going to see something on your timeline about someone cheating. Absolutely. It so, was like, I don't know, it was the start of it, and then just went downhill and got worse and worse and worse, and it really hasn't slowed down, like, at all. And I just don't understand why you would think with Activision pushing towards franchising Call of Duty, right? They franchise the game, and they want to make it more of a professional esport, right? They want to be like all these other big, like, League of Legends is the one I always think of with all these franchises over all these places, right? You push for franchising, you make the league smaller, and then you release a game during a COVID season with no anti-cheat. That's just going to destroy your amateur scene when it was going to be hard enough with all the former professional players in the scene. There are so many. And then you throw no anti-cheat on top of that. You know, dudes with absolutely no name are all of a sudden gunning these guys who I know have been placing really well for years. You're wondering what the hell's going on, and they have not said anything. Nope. Haven't not, even given a response on it. No response whatsoever. But, and, like, and, it's, and, like, since day one, I remember, like, his, the, it was literally like 10 minutes after they announced that the AM scene was going to be switching to, uh, and CDL would be switching to the PC. And I was like, wow, go ahead and chalk it up. Because I knew stuff was going to happen. Yeah. Like, without one of those, it was just going to go to shambles. Because, like, the thing about monitor gaming and task managers and stuff like that is people have done those, and you can still hide it. You can still hide it. Like, either way, like, you have someone monitor cam, they may still have hacks on. Like, and you don't know. Then, like, fake task manager, you don't know. So, it's just the unknown that everyone's afraid of right now because... Like, console, you couldn't really do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if even if someone doesn't have walls in this game, which it's pretty easy to tell when someone does. Oh, yeah. But you can do, like, soft aimbot. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hard to tell when someone has soft aimbot. You, they can just chalk it up to saying, wow, I shoot a thousand bots a day. I have really good accuracy. Exactly. Like, oh, I don't have an argument for that. And it's so easy to get these cheats, too. Because I was talking oh, to yeah. Seth Glory about it one day. And he's just like, yeah, dude. Like, $9. And you get, like, a trial, Mm -hmm. right? And it was so crazy to hear that. $9 to get, it's, like, walls and aim toggle. And you get a free trial on top of that, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these gamers can afford $9. You go play two CMG $5 each wagers. You already made your money back for the day. Oh, man. Anti-cheat's already paid for for the month, right? Yep. Or not anti-cheat, cheating. But I don't know. What would you do if you're part of activism and you're tasked they just tell you fix this right they just shove it all to you and they just say fix it i don't care what you do just fix it right obviously outside of anti-cheat how do you attempt and this is a kind of a loaded question how do you attempt to repair the damage already done in the amateur scene honestly i don't think there is a way to repair all the damage because like like a lot of these players they've already quit you know like they're like i'm done with this i'm leaving all these cheaters are just running rampant. I'll come back whenever it's fixed. So yep. they're just going to come back when there's an anti-cheat. Or what I would do, and what I think would be the best move, is go back to console. Yeah. The only really two things you can do. Yeah. It's anti-cheat or console. I think. So yeah, people can use strike packs. Uh, 
Yeah. And they did last year too. So yeah, when planes come back, like it'll be a different story. But yeah, it's not for now. All you can do is console. Yeah, the strike packs weren't as big of a deal though, right? Because like, yeah, it reduced your recoil and everything, right? Yeah, but if you can shoot straight, you know, you can shoot straight. You can shoot like, straight. You, you can shoot straight. You probably don't need it, right? But it, it's yeah. not going to teach you how to rotate on the map. It's not going to teach you where they're going to be. It's not going to know yeah, you. Exactly. You know, that's what the walls do. They know they give you the rotations. They know where you're going. 100% of the time. So I personally, if I'm a developer, I'm just going to start from going into this season, right? The idea of going to PC gets brought across like the table. We're having a meeting. I say no way, right? Nope. Do we have an anti-cheat? No. Then just make it cross-platform for consoles, right? PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox X, right? Keep it console. The PS5s are going to have an advantage, right? But it's not going to be life or death. And then the professionals can play on PC due to the COVID situation to make it more of a professional and even scene, right? The best platform possible. But I don't think for challengers that they need to go on PC with no anti-cheat because there's no way there's going to be competitive integrity and they can just spend $10 on it. Especially after the whole Warzone cheating. You know, they should have known. But, yeah, definitely should have known. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the decision making was on all that. How many cheaters did we see on huge live streams last year during Warzone, right? I mean, we saw like the, the toggle spin aimers playing yeah. with Nick Merckx and Nade Shot. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, how can you think that, yeah, 100%, we just franchised, we're going to move to PC and uh, anti cheat? Hmm. Uh, how about more skins right like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of decision making is just i don't know super questionable poor poor right Very so poor. let's uh let's talk about your experience in the challenger scene because i always like mm -hmm. to give advice to challengers players in the scene right now because it's a struggle for a lot of these guys right i talk about this with mj in my last podcast there's a cycle for these AM players that seem to be consistent. You know, mm -hmm. it's leaving teams every week, you know, going from org to org, new teams, blaming your teammates, right? So what have you done that is different from these other guys? Because you've seen some success, you know. What have you done differently from these other guys? And what when advice do you have? When we first started out, I had a really good team, and we got second place in one league, third place in another, and the starter leagues are usually pretty stacked, like pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And so we we were playing really well, and we would go over VODs, we'd get a couple scrims in per day, but like towards the end of that thing where it kind of all fell apart was just the vibes of the team. So like the main thing for me, and I know a lot of other players, is like we play the game to have fun, you know? Like, yeah. if you come home from work or whatever and you want to hop on, you're playing to, like, have fun, get mm -hmm. away from work. So when the vibes start to, like, go downhill and you're not winning because the vibes are so bad and you're focusing more on yelling and cussing and, like, losing and stuff like that instead of having fun, like, that's where everything goes downhill. So my first team, we broke up because of that stuff. We all agreed that we just weren't having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of put me in the cycle for a second. And then 
I kind of started taking comp a little less serious once I started hosting these tourneys and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just so I could like start having more fun again. Yeah. Because like for me, that's really what it's about, you know. Yeah, that's like, what. I'll play, I'll play pickup eights and mm-hmm. get my name out there a little bit, or I'll play two v two wagers just to have fun and win a dollar. Like not anything serious. Yeah. So I really stopped playing comp for like a couple weeks, and then I'm back into it right now. Mm-hmm with a pretty solid squad who actually just played my tourney with a pickup and they made it pretty far. That's what's up. Um, so yeah, like my advice is to just find a group of guys that you like, you enjoy playing with every night and then just grind it out with them and then actually like go over mistakes. Don't argue about stuff. Like find like real ways to fix your guys' issues that you have on the team and just grow with them. Yep. I think that's the biggest issue right now going on. Excuse me. Um, it's just these just hopping teams every week, right? Like you don't play, you don't place top sixty four or thirty two in challengers, and so you split up. You're done. Mm-hmm. You start with a new team. You get three days of practice in. You don't place again. Oh man, my teammates are so bad. I I'm so great. I should be placing up here, right? But you gotta think all those people that are probably placing above you have been together for a long time. Exactly. Right. A long like an org I think that has seen a really good amount of success for their COD team at our level. Heathens, right? Heathens has had which, which Heathens roster actually just broke up. Yes, as sad it is to say. You know But I definitely agree. Those guys were like the perfect definition of grinding out yeah. as a team and going over stuff and a group of four guys that like to play Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Go over their mistakes and just grind out. Like that's the perfect example. And they placed well, you know, not initially, right? It wasn't like yeah. instant success, but later, a little bit later on in the cycle, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, top sixty-four. I think they got a top thirty-two at one point too, didn't they? Mm, I can't remember. I know they got. Yeah. I know they got there. I wasn't they sure. They placed top. They placed top sixty-four like a few times, like, multiple times, yeah. like three or four times. But yeah. I don't think they. Could top 32 and that's and that's the goal for these am players is points right i want to get the points and they see i think it's frustrating for these players you know there's a difference between an ego and knowing you're being held back right i think that's a like distinguishing factor that these players need to make is it my ego that's getting in the way of progress or am i actually as good as i think i am right so we both have seen my team cost at me or random excuses for making and getting a new team, right? Those dudes have absolutely no success, right? They're not going anywhere with the challenger scene. They're not placing anywhere. And it's always pointing the finger at somebody else. And then we see the people who know they're good. They're like, ah, you know, we just didn't mesh together well. I think I have more potential somewhere else. And they stick with that team for a little bit. Boom. They're in points. They're going somewhere. I think that's the difference that needs to be handled in the COD community. Drop drop an ego. At least give it a couple weeks with a new team. See how it goes. And put effort into it. Don't just hop on for scrims. Alright, y'all, I'm going to go play a different game with the friends. I'm going to go play GTA RP or whatever. See you later. Not watching VODs. And then you expect results. Right? I think mm-hmm. the COD community is just kind of becoming... I'm not going to say lazy, but for lack of a better term, that's what I'm just going to say it is. Laziness. Yeah. You know? So it's it sucks to see that 
and it sucks to see that combined with a lot of people being down pretty bad this year because of the scene itself, right? So those two things in combination have just been really detrimental for the AM scene, especially at the moment. And I think one of the best things going on right now is people can kind of look towards to have fun are these tournaments like you're hosting, right? Mm-hmm. What exactly do you, like, what do you enjoy most about your tournaments when you host them? Because I know I've been a part of a lot of people's tournaments and, you know, they do it, everyone does it for different reasons, right? That's just different things make people tick. So what is the reason that you do them for and what do you find enjoyable? So when I first started getting into it, like, I honestly had no clue what I was doing. I don't even remember initially why I did it. I think, okay, it was because everyone was hosting these Black Ops 4 tourneys. Like, that was when first uh, COD Agent came out. Mm -hmm. They weren't, like, super popular yet, but they, uh, that was when they first started getting popular, too, is the MW offseason. And they were doing all these Black Ops 4 tournaments. And all the guys I played with were MW offseason grinders. And I was like, fuck it, someone needs to host a tourney for these guys. So that's how I started getting into it. I just hosted a tourney for the MW people. And then I started seeing a lot of success with that. And then uh, Cold War came out, and like everyone's hosting his tourneys. There's GB tourneys, CMG tourneys, Cheeto tourneys, COD agent tourneys. I was like, shoot, let's start hosting some more. Mm-hmm. Which I actually took an initial break. Like I hosted like maybe one or two, and I took a break for a little bit. And then I came back, and I just, I've just been doing free entries just because like people who aren't like super competitive like to play in them yeah like you'll get the sweaty kids in here that like want to win it and like have a good chance of winning it but you also get people who are like new to comp and don't want to like break out 25 dollars every tourney just to get some reps in Mm -hmm. you know or like maybe a new team wants to get together and try some things out yeah and just like you were talking about earlier it's fun yeah exactly it's just reps it's fun maybe you like play swell in it or whatever or like uh upset a team in a hard point or something like mm-hmm. that gives you like some hope and then you're like let's go let's go scram let's get a good scram like like just sparks motivation and stuff like that so that's yep. probably one of my favorite things is just seeing upsets happen and getting new teams in here and stuff like that and then after they lose usually like a lot of teams will tweet out at me like thanks for hosting the tourney it was super super fun me and my team had a great time we'll be in the next one like that's really like the main thing that's just super cool that's rewarding for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, seeing your hard work and seeing people appreciate what you do. And it feels like you're doing something for the community. That's a rewarding. That's so rewarding. I've been there. I know what that's like. It's a really great feeling to know that people are in your corner and they really support you with what you do. And they really appreciate the effort you're putting in and it's not falling on deaf ears, right? It's Because mm-hmm. you have those kids who are going to get mad when they lose in the tournament and DM you like, you know, blah, 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 you know, if they paid money, I want my money back, this, 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 right? But a majority of the people, like you said, for free entries, aren't really going to be like that because they lose. It's like, oh, whatever. It was kind of fun, right? Yeah, like, you don't lose anything. Like, yeah, yeah, it was fun, right? Like, let's, let's go do something else. Whatever, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a really good thing with the free entries you're doing right now, getting a lot of participation. And I think that, A, it brings people together. Isn't it something to like look forward to, right? Because I'm sure people are looking forward to like, hey, I got a tournament this day. Like, let's have some fun. Let's get some reps with this new guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it gets something people to look forward to, and I think a lot of the COD scene is missing that. 
there's not a lot of that right now because the challengers cups can be one of two things like i'm looking forward to it or oh, i'm dreading it i hope i don't have someone cheating on me i hope i don't underperform and get clowned right but these tournaments are just like oh this will be fun let's hop in let's have some fun let's see if we can place well exactly oh. so that's why i try and make a difference is like how you're saying with the challengers like a lot of people look forward to it, but like the people who aren't placing consistently or are just stuck in the in the middle of top sixty four and top one twenty eight. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how frustrating it is to be there because I haven't even placed in top sixty four yet. Mm -hmm. Like uh, last week, if we would have won, we would have played Philo for top sixty four. Okay. But like, it's super frustrating. So like, getting in these free entries just to get reps in or like these other small tourneys, it's like super fun because you can actually make a run in them and like get your confidence back up and stuff like that yeah and you kind of you're pretty confident you're not gonna get hacked on in a free entry like if you're hacking you would, for a free entry bro like you would hope not right like i, I wouldn't expect anyone to do that but yeah. i also wouldn't doubt it yeah but, I've, um, I've, we've seen crazier but, true 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 yep. but so, yeah i respect that i like that a lot and that's why i've always kind of held you in good respect because you we've talked a lot and you genuinely have a good look on what you're doing for the community. You're similar to Wiggs in that aspect, right? Like Wiggs is one of those guys that I've known I've known Wiggs for years. Like I've I met Wiggs when he first started playing competitive COD, right? And seeing him transition into someone who hosts leagues, right? A lot of people don't know this, but Wiggs was making like fifty dollars off his league. If that. Right? Jesus. He was not doing it for money. He wasn't doing it for all that. He was doing his leagues and his tournaments because he genuinely liked helping the community. He genuinely liked the interaction. He liked to see people succeed. And I think that's, I see a lot of that in you as well. You know, you really like to help the community. You give them something to look forward to. And you just like to see people have fun and enjoy the competitive scene, which is something yeah. that's hard to find nowadays. A lot of people, they think like, I have like some sort of hidden agenda or something like that, or I'm doing this all for money. Damn, realize these are free entries. Like, there's no entry fee. I don't take a percentage. Nope. I have to take time out of my day to find sponsors, to make the sign up sheet, the roster sheets, the brackets, to answer everybody's DMs. Like, the day of the tourney, like uh, two, three hours before the tourney starts until the tourney is completely over, which is usually like midnight or after. Mm -hmm. I have no plans. Like I'm sitting at the computer, just doing the turning shit. That's that's all there is to it. Yep. And I don't get a percentage like from the sponsors, you know. And I have to pay for the graphics. I've lost probably seventy five hundred bucks in all the free entries I've hosted in Cold War, mm -hmm. just paying for all that stuff. And people are like, "Oh, he's he's selfish. He's hosting turners for this reason, this reason." I'm like, "Dude, I'm hosting turning just up." So that people can play. Like yep. we have seven teams in this one. Yep. It's free entry. Exactly. You know? And people people who do that kind of work for the community that have that hidden agenda and do it for money, do it for the wrong reasons, it comes out. It, it people find out, you know, I remember there's been we've all seen multiple leagues that have just been coming out that just are money hungry or we know that they're not paying out. They don't last long, right? People hosting tournaments that just take a huge cut, they, they're not going to last long either, right? You might see some instant success, but you're not going to see the longevity 
that you can potentially have if you just put the work in and do it for the right reason. I think that's a huge thing that I see with you is you're doing it for the right reason. You're not doing it because, oh, I get clout off it. Oh, I can make money off of it, right? No, you dedicate time out of your day and you're losing money, right? It's You're doing it for the right reasons and I think that is a super well-respected characteristic. Personally, I I love that. Because, you know, I don't do anything personally as well for the community. Like, I don't want money. I don't want any of that stuff. I just do things because I enjoy them, right? And I, lo- I like to see people like that. And that's why I bring people on the podcast, too. Because I want to bring, you know, more of a voice to people who are genuinely good for the community and do things for the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So I really respect that. And I hope to see you continuing your success with that. Um, let's just, uh, we got about five minutes here before we wrap up. Let's just talk about Call of Duty in general. Just the game, no competitive scene. I always just like to talk and pick people's brains about Call of Duty in general. Cause I'm sure you've been playing for years and years, right? Absolutely. So let's talk about a single COD game that you have really, really enjoyed. Let's say it's your, like your favorite game that you have yeah. ever played first cod i ever got into like super seriously was black ops 2 that's a good one and i had horrible internet at my house well like it wasn't horrible but like i had a sister or brother parents are on netflix everyone's connected wi-fi on their phones so like i could barely ever get to play Mm -hmm. but when i would like get good internet and everybody's out of the house i would just grind black ops 2 for hours and hours and hours and hours like i had routes on every map that i always took off breaks yeah like switch sides i'd run these routes i'd go here i'd go there like it was just like i put so much time into that game and it was just so much fun like the sniping was perfect red guns are perfect spawns made sense the maps are fun yeah lobbies like it was just perfect it was it was awesome i think that was a game and that's the difference with modern call of duty is you could just get home from school right i remember this because i was still um i was a huge part of the sniping community back when Black Ops 2 was around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would get home from school, and I would hop into my Skype, right? Because that's what we use. I'm going to sound old, but I'm not that old, I swear, right? So we hop into a Skype, because I was like an... Oh, man, when did Black Ops... I was like in junior high, right? Mm-hmm. Hop into our Skype, and... Because no, no Discord, nothing, right? Hop into a Skype call, and we would sit there and snipe on Black Ops 2, mindlessly and it wasn't frustrating it wasn't broken it was fun right there was some things that could have been fixed like i the infamous riot shield on the ground with a target finder lsat right you know there are some things but i think the broken things in the past call of duty games made them more fun and that's the that's the argument i make for mw2 right like everybody we want mw2 remastered that's not going to work today because people are going to complain about the game mechanics, the insanely overpowered guns, the way the game just flows because it's just not up to common standards and it's not balanced enough. And So, per- yeah, personally, Black Ops 1 was my favorite. That's mm, when good it was classic. I mean, ever I thought everything about that game was perfect. We get a lot of the maps we still play today from Call, well, Black Ops One. You know, Nuketown, True. Firing Range, Summit, 
I think someone's been in two other Black Ops games or three, maybe. That's a guess. That's a guess. Classic favorite SD map of all time, right? Just because you could throw tomahawks across the map, and that's all. Oh, yeah. That was the best part. But Black Ops One had brought so much with the map designs. I think the way the game played itself, because we see all these things getting brought in from these old games, right? Because you see the characters from Black Ops One getting brought into Cold War. We see guns getting brought in, right? I think. A lot of Treyarch games stem a lot from Black Ops 1 with the way they flow and the way it plays. And the sniping, obviously, is very resemblant because it's a lot harder to snipe in Treyarch games, which is... It's more rewarding, in a sense, but this year's sniping is broken. I Yeah, hence the GAs, but oh. I think, like you were saying, like Black Ops 2 and like all the other games, like all the different broken things that were OP or whatever, like, I think those are, like, what made the game fun, because, like, quick scoping on Black Ops 2 with the DSR so or easy. the Ballista, like, it was just so fun. And, yeah. like, people would do that, or they, then you'd have people doing the LSAT with target finders. Yeah. You'd have people running around with knives still. Yeah. Like, when's the last time you hopped in a public match and people were running around with combat knives? To like, not, just, so annoying. To not get camos? I don't think like, I've seen that in years. It's just... There was just so many different things about it that made it so fun and different variables and things you had to look out for and was, strategies and stuff like that. It's just it was pretty so sweet. Fun. And and your your kill streaks reset on death too. It wasn't the yeah. hop into the game and get an attack helicopter, dude. And drop, drop canines and VTOLs and yeah. swarms, bro. That game just that awesome. game was so fun. Take me back. Such a great time. But I think a lot of the issues we're seeing today is this huge focus on skill-based matchmaking you know it's it's not as fun right the only fun i had playing mw pubs last year where i'd get off my scrims or whatever and all my irls we'd always play search and destroy at nights in game chat right just throwback toxicity toxicity in game chat right that's the only fun i had right because it was just the six of us messing around having fun and we were all good enough where we could mess around and go down 1-5 and then bring it back to 6-5, right? Obviously, it's not really the same. I think skill-based in Cold War is a little even more escalated. Mm -hmm. And I think pubs just aren't as fun because you don't have a game where you can mess around and still go positive, right? You have to be using the metaguns. You have to be be sweating all the time. And that's the only way you're going to retain a good KD. And the way I put it to MJ in our last podcast was Black Ops 1, you know, I think a, a 1.9 or a 2.0 KD, roughly what I had, wasn't even the top of the KD at your lunch table growing up, right? Yeah. And now if you have a 2.0 in Cold War, you're like a top, you're like a top 2%. If you have a 2.0 top, if you have like a 2.0 true KD, not with EKA, I think you're at the like top 1 or 2%. Of the community, KD wise, mm-hmm. that's insane. Now, just sh- that, that just goes to show how much it's changed, right? Because they they want to get back to the numbers they had back then. Because jetpacks for for casual play mm-hmm. killed the game, right? It was not as fun for casual players to hop on and play jetpacks. Competitive scene, great, amazing, but casuals didn't like jetpacks. Yeah, they're playing. Kids like me using scuffs or playing qual, just going crazy with the exactly. movement. Exactly. 
They probably didn't like that, but so I, I it. it was fun. It was like, I think they were solid games, but I think the skill-based matchmaking we're seeing now is an attempt to bring these new players into a place where they're not gonna get, you know, nuked on. Because mm. I remember when I first pick up a Call of Duty game, I think it was Black Ops One, beginning a cycle of Black Ops One. 